Is your product or service stuck in Twitter under what seems like a massive pile of freezing cold snow? Let Overlord Services plow you out and expose this product to the rest of the world. For only $20 for three months of our enhanced service, we will create nifty images with your logo and information and post them on a daily basis. They also have yearly discounted rates. I am a client of Overlord Services, and I do have to say that not only are their services excellent, but they're really nice people. They post up my episodes multiple times per day for all of my shows without fail. And the communication that they have is second to none. I would greatly recommend that you try them out. Head to their shop at co-fi.com slash overlordsvcs. Again, that's coffee.com slash services and click on shop below. When you purchase their services... Let them know Derek sent you. Smells like Teen Spirit. I mean, you've never heard it. Smells like Teen Spirit, Brandon. No, I don't know no fucking Nirvana songs. Look, 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 fam. Don't look white to you. You've been waiting to say that for so long. What do you mean? I I love rock music. What are we talking about here? Exactly. Rock music too. I didn't say nothing about no damn Nirvana. I love grunge music. That's a like Diamond Dallas Page song. It is. It, it is. Diamond Dallas Page was basically a rip off of it. What we were talking about with wrestling, taking songs and just changing it up a little bit. That's what DDP stole the song? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's what it's doing. <laughs> it even has this part in, in DDP's song. The, yeah, the it does. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then that. Weird Al and, came out and did a parody of it that was damn near perfect. And the, the crazy part is, like, um, the, the 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 that rock band that did a lot of WWE's F at the time stuff, um, basically, they were basically just Rage Against the Machine. Like, they sounded like, they sounded like a bootleg Rage Against, uh, Great Value Rage Against the Machine. And they made all of those fucking intros, like the DX intro. It sounds like Great Value Rage Against the Machine. I found the Blargle Farf with all these marbles in my mouth. But yeah, Trade the Truth did a song it's, uh, over that. It was for a mixtape. It was, it was actually dope. It was dope. It was Trey the truth. And the truth is, Trey was dope. Welcome to another one. one. I'm Derek. That's Scar. That's Brandon. Welcome to season two. Brandon, how you doing? I'm great. I really like this show. I'm going to tell y'all something. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, we talked the last episode about having to wait between these episodes when you're watching this shit live. Um, I don't want to wait. The last episode aired on June first, twenty thirteen. This episode was on April nineteenth, twenty fourteen. I had to wait from June through April. Nope. <laughs> July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Ten months. Go fuck yourself. Go absolutely fuck yourself. This shit was the worst. Waiting for the new season was like the worst. Nope. Couldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. You can't even ask me to. Fuck you. I Fuck this show. I quit. That's what I would have been like. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame you. Especially because it's only 10 episodes. So, like, the seasons are over, like, a lot faster than, like, network TV shows that are, like, 22 fucking episodes and they have breaks in between and shit like that. Like, nope, none of that shit. BBC American niggas. This episode was called Nature Under Constraint and Vex. I still don't know how to come up with these names, but they're all killers. And I don't know what they have to do with the show, but it's, they're just great names. The first, the first one, it, the first season was all named after, um, um, what's his name, um, Origin of the Species, Darwin. Yes, they're all they're all all titles from from uh, Origin of the Species. Uh, this one. Is uh, all things from us, uh, uh, Sir Francis Bacon? Oh, okay. All, okay. Of, all, of, all of the 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 titles for each season has a theme like that. That's dope. Okay, the more you know. So Sarah begins the episode running through a pouring rain, and she stops to uh, call Felix, but he doesn't pick up. Uh, so she enters the diner behind her. Uh, and the man behind the counter gives her some tea for free. And we're talking like this 2014, so it wasn't that... Let me tell you what's going on. It wasn't that kind of tea. It was literal tea, because she don't like coffee. Uh, and she calls Felix again, or and then she calls Allison to Cosima and realizes that their phones have both been disconnected. And she finally calls Paul after some thought, but gets no answer from him. And she looks at the Project Lita uh, photo that Amelia gave her, uh, because remember... Even though this is 10 months later to us, it's the same night to her as the last uh, part of season one where she saw that Kira and Miss S were gone from a ransacked house. Um, Paul calls her back and Sarah picks up, but it's not Paul on the phone. It's Rachel uh, telling Sarah to surrender herself. And two men at that very moment walk into the diner and sit with Sarah. One in cowboy boots and shit. Like his shit was so decked out that it made me think about um, Buck from Boogie Nights. Who was always wearing clothes that weren't in. But he was always like, it's in! Brandon, if you've never seen Boogie Nights, Don Cheadle plays this black dude who just didn't fit I've in no matter Boogie how hard Nights, he tried. I still remember You remember Don Cheadle's character? No, I don't remember anything about the movie. But I've seen it before. Okay. Um, Just yeah. like I've seen that movie about the... Um, I don't remember much either, to be honest. The guy that, that, that... This reminds me of that movie of that guy that bowls with the bowl head. The Big Kingpin. Lebowski? Kingpin? Kingpin. 
I've seen that movie before and The Big Lebowski, and I don't remember anything about it. I did not like The Big Lebowski. I was me neither. I didn't get the I didn't get the alert. I didn't find it funny at all. Like not any of it. And it's strange because in anything else, I think John Goodman is pretty damn funny. And white people love that fucking movie, dog. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. I don't remember anything. I don't. don't, You're lucky. That shit was so good to white people that they came out with the second one that was also horrible. And to be honest, people spoke so highly of that movie. I bought it instead of watching it first. Me too. I got it on Voodoo, and I'm still mad. Like Boogie Nice is on that list for me of things I don't remember. Okay, I feel you. Uh, But yeah, two men walk into the diner and sit with Sarah, saying they're going to take her to Kira, and they're like, they take her gun. They're like, get up, let's go. And the guy behind the counter is like, nah. He racks his shotgun. He's like, nah. The lady's going to walk out on her own. And I'm like, a hero. I need a hero. But then one of the guys distracts Sarah. And as he distracts Sarah, he pulls out his gun and shoots the guy behind the counter in the head. And that's why I, as much as I want to help everybody, I waver on my overall desire to always be helpful. Because men be wilding in these streets. And I've seen a lot of stories about guys who jump in when they think a woman is in trouble and the guy who's assaulting her turns around and assaults them or stabs them or shoots them and then goes right back to harassing or bullying or whatever the woman. That one dude on Twitter uh, about a month or so ago that beat up those three dudes on the street because they were harassing a woman, that shit was glorious. I didn't see it. He beat up three dudes? Yeah, he beat up three dudes. One oh, of yeah, them, one of them, he was fucking, he was fucking them up so bad. It was, oh my god! Like, all right, I'll find it. The one Twitter thing that I want to see that I've never been able to see is the one from the beginning of World Star by Donald Glover, where the one Crip is beating up like six Crips, and the last one's like, "I don't even want to fight you, homie. You got it, cuz." <laughs> <laughs> Like, they jumped him, and he's like, y'all trying to jump me? He's like, I don't even want to fight you. You got to cuss. <laughs> Apparently, it happened somewhere in my area, but I don't know. But after the guy gets shot, he gets shot in the head, and his involuntary reaction causes him to pull the trigger of the shotgun, which shoots the cowboy-looking motherfucker dead in the stomach, which is just bad luck. Um, And Sarah, in the chaos, runs into the bathroom and kicks a hole in the wall, um, which allows her to get away from the guy who's chasing after her. And from there, Sarah arrives at a gay bar. That's what they call it. But, you know, she arrives at a bar. Uh, that Felix is wild. Felix is in there high as fucking wilding out. And he's like, she's like, what are you doing? He was like, I was hoping to do a fivesome. And I was like, golly. <laughs> A, a five sum is some very that is I can't even close my eyes and picture how a five sum will work. Yeah, no, nah, I just drifted off like that nigga from fucking scrubs and shit. Like I I can't imagine it without it looking like the fucking human centipede. But she tells him that Rachel took Kira and Miss S, and he sobers up, kind of. And he asks about Helena, and Sarah's like, she's gone. She gone, gone. 
Um, and Felix is like, you know, everybody else probably turned off their phone because her phone rings. And she's, he's like, they probably tracing you through that pink burner you got right there. And Paul's on the other end of the phone. And Sarah's like, I'll meet you, but wait for my call. And Daniel, who's listening in, tells Paul, and remember, Daniel is Rachel's right-hand man, tells Paul to help Sarah again. Do it one more again. You got another time. And I'm going to kill you. Do it again. I triple dog dare you. Which are all threats parents make to their children. You got one more again. Embarrass me in front of these people again. I swear to God. I, I, I double dog dare you. I dare you. I dare you. Do it again. Do it again. You know who does it again? My son. Kid awesome. He'll do it yeah, again. scary enough. No, it's it's the it's the age that we're in now. He's like, you ain't gonna do shit. You gotta put some bass in your voice, nigga. My voice is bass. You need to put some bass in your voice. Okay. <clears throat> Down by the far. Uh, Nisha and I were listening to videos from the sing-off yesterday or the day before yesterday. The ring of They were so happy with that, dude. So, after that, Delphine uh, is drawing blood from Kasima, and they talk about Dyad and how their relationship can be whatever they want. And Kasima tells Delphine to let her do research on her own blood for now, and the two of them embrace. Um... Allison then wakes up to a knock on her door and sees Felix, who tells her about what happened with Kira. And Felix is like, can I get a gun? And Allison tells him she's trying to get her life back together. Uh, I'm doing a play. And she, and <laughs> I'm doing a musical. And Felix is like, oh my God, please not cats. <laughs> I laughed. I don't give a fuck if y'all didn't. Donnie interrupts because, you know, he's her monitor. And Allison's like, I'm rehearsing my lines for the play. Go back to bed. And Allison, who, like I said, is quietly gully as fuck, tells Felix that she has a gun runner, a friend named Ramon, who sells unregistered guns. And when Felix says, you know a gun runner named Ramon? She's like, no, I know a gun enthusiast. What he has Allison many jobs doing? and he's very hardworking. What is she doing? No, <laughs> remember, she know people like this. No, she's he's, thorough. He's not, because she's a pill popper. He, he supplied her with the pills. Because remember, when she goes to see him, he offers her the pills first. And she was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to quit. And then he offers her some weed. And then, and then she goes, no, 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 I need a piece. Allison knows some people. Mm-hmm. And that dude should Walmart. be making too much money working at an Ocado Mart. <laughs> Nigga works at Walmart. But, I mean, you never know how much he actually sells. But also, that's a good, that's a good place. Like, like a, a Walmart is a pretty good place to actually meet. Also, Allison appears to be a housewife, a stay-at-home mom. What the fuck does Donnie do? To make she gave seventy five thousand dollars to Beth, and Donnie don't know. So you can take seventy five thousand dollars out of your account. And you don't know what the fuck does he do? Scotty does he doesn't know. Do? <laughs> Sorry, 
Y'all don't know that song either, do you? That part of Maybe. Oh it's my like god. South Park or something. Nah, it's from a movie. It is. I don't remember which movie it's from, but Scotty doesn't know. This white oh, no, boy named Scotty goes to a party. Uh, uh end of the school year party, like an after prom party or whatever. And he shows up and he's talking about his girlfriend and how much he's in love with her. And there's a rock band playing. And the rock band is like, This next song is dedicated to my girl. And it's called Scotty Doesn't Know. And it's all about this kid, and it's literally, it's 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 fucking fantastic. I'm sorry, give me just one second. It's from Euro like Trip. From I just American looked it up. Pie movie. It's, yeah, it's from Euro Trip. Scotty doesn't know that Fiona oh, and me do it in my van every Sunday. She tells him she's in <laughs> church, but she doesn't go. Still, she's on her knees, and Scotty doesn't know. Oh, it's the best. It's the only best. It's the only good part of the the song, or the only good part of the movie, actually. All he needs is some horns, and that's Scott. Yo, he could be Scott. Give him some horns. And have some uh, white folks out there skanking, right? Skanking. But yeah, he, you know, he he's a gun enthusiast. He's he has many jobs, and he's very hardworking. That was great. Um, Rachel is speaking to somebody on the phone in German. And she didn't say nothing I understood in German, which is, that's a nice shiza. And basically, and, and like, they they don't want you to know either. Mm-hmm. Because when you're watching with subtitles on, the subtitles are in German, too. Are in German. Do my shies again. Okie dokie. So, Paul gets a call from Sarah saying, this house is going to work. And Paul arrives at a bridge and gets a phone from a stranger who's like, give me 20 bucks. And he, um... Gets a phone, and as soon as he gets a phone, Sarah calls. And Sarah's like, we got, like, maybe 30 seconds. Tell me where Kira is. And Rachel and, and Paul tells her that Rachel's leaving with Kira on a plane soon. Um, he then tells her about the dyad party that's happening that evening. And Rachel's men run up to a girl who has her back turned and looks like Sarah. But instead, it's a stranger who tells them, she said to tell y'all up yours while Sarah gets away. Who says up yours? Up yours. I I ain't heard nobody say up yours since fucking Independence Day. Damn, that low that recently. And who the fuck says up yours? I who mean, who the fuck said up yours on Independence Day? Remember, um, uh, uh, the 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 crazy dude in the plane. He said that when he when he took out. Oh the- yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. That did happen. Um. So Sarah That's runs onto one of the a, best speeches ever in a movie. Is it though the the president's speech? I said one of. I didn't say the. Oh, the president's the, speech. Yes, I thought you meant the up yours part. No, no, no. The president's speech. That that should make you want to go kill some motherfucking aliens, dog. I was ready. Sarah runs onto a bus and takes a little kid's phone. And as she takes the kid's phone, she actually asks. She's like, hey, can I borrow your phone? And the kid is like, can I touch your boob? <laughs> and instead, she just jacked him for the phone and smacked him in the back of his head. And the motherfucker probably grew up to be an incel. You know, he really, he really loves the Joker movie. Mm-hmm. I, re- I feel this part so much for some reason. She called Felix and Cosima, uh, and Felix and Cosima are at Felix's house getting high, 
while the three of them are trying to come up with a plan to get Kira back. And at one point, and at one point, he says to Kasima, I smelled lesbians in my bed last night, which is the equivalent of your mom coming into the front room the next day after you and your significant other were watching TV as teenagers in the front room and saying that her blanket smelled like Tunchi. But that's it. My mama would have said, but that's it. My mom would have been straight up and been like, my blanket smells like butt. <laughs> what the fuck? Brandon's never had any of these situations. So, next thing that happens is that Allison visits Ramon in the supermarket parking lot. And surprise, surprise, he's not urban. I thought he would be. He gets a gun. She gets a gun from him. And he's racist. Well, his name's Ramon. His name is Ramon. Razor Ramon's not urban. Razor Ramon's also not his real name. That's (laughs) not his real name either, is that? Nigga nigga name is Scott. Nigga's name is Scott. He lived with his parents. (laughs) Nigga's name is Scott, and he's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Rest in peace. So, um, he was also getting strangely turned on talking about them guns. That's what it seemed like to me. She goes, is that a lady grip? Is that a lady grip? Ooh. Mm. Mm. And then she's like, tell your mom I said hi. And, um. Scott Hall is from Maryland. Scott Hall is from Minnesota. Scott Hall is from Maryland. He was born, no, he was born in Maryland, but he grew up in Florida. Are y'all sure about this? I mean, maybe the Maryland part, but I'm looking at the wiki. I'm looking at the wiki right now. Mm. He was born in Maryland. He grew up in Florida. Delphine, at the same time, uh, gets a visit from or visits Leaky, while Cosima tries to get her friend to look over her blood. Tries to get Scott to look over her blood again, and Delphine tells Leaky, "I'm invested," and gives him a vial of Cosima's blood with the label three twenty four B twenty one. Because Delphine, it seems, is still playing both sides. 324B21. That's what I said. No. 324B21. No, he said 324. We'll see. Well, I will, because you don't listen to the show anyway. Uh, Allison goes to rehearsal for her play, and while she's there, she finds out, since Ainsley died, and everybody, the funniest part of this, the funniest part of this scene to me, is the fact that everybody who's playing an actor is overacting like a motherfucker. Yes. Since Ainsley's died, you're going to go ahead and you're going to be Laura. I'm, I'm Laura. No. No, Allison. You've done your part. <laughs> you know... All of Ainsley's lines. You are our Diane. And the big woman hugs her to her chest like, you earned this. That's how community actors be, probably. We've got you. <laughs> but not when they're just talking. That's what was funny about it is that they were talk. They're supposed to not be acting. They're supposed to just be talking. No, 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 no. That's how they act. 
Like, really? Yeah, that's how they act. Theater actors, that's totally how they act. I knew some, a couple of... No, I'm like, talking about, movies. yeah, that may be how they act, but if they're talking to one another, they're no, not going to talk. That's what I'm Yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. In real life, that's how they yes. act towards each other. I knew some wannabe theater actors in high school, and when they were around each other, they talked like that to each other. Like they, like they were projecting for an audience. Very much so. But they did it when they were talking to each other. It wasn't when they were like when they were around anyone else. It was just normal. But when they were around each other, yeah, they were basically trying to out outact each other in normal conversation. I'd have to fight people. It wouldn't even be a secret. I'd just beat you up. They'd be like, don't talk like that in front of Derek. He'll hurt you. He'll. <laughs> Derek punched me in the stomach. <laughs> I fell. I really, I really like Sarah. I'm not. I'm uh, uh, Sarah, the the fat lady. Um, I I really like Sarah. She the shit, yo. Oh man, it was scary. I'm all right now. Years. <laughs> so, and scene. And scene. You, have and so, the, you have to do the hand thing. And scene. No, no, no. I did. <laughs> you have to do a hand signal to, to let everyone know that you're finished. And scene. Pardon me while I fall into character. <laughs> <laughs> What's my motivation? <laughs> Have you ever seen that commercial, Brandon? Huh? No. <sighs> okay. Are you going to pull up the fucking commercial you're talking about? This here freight train. Hey, Pablo. Me, I'm Motif. There's only one drink fat enough to quench our thirst, and that's Turbo Sports. God damn it! Hands upside down. Don't talk to me like a child. I played Hamlet at Cambridge. Once again, you've ruined my concentration. Excuse me. Excuse me. What's what's my motivation? When you're thirsty, trust your gut. That sounds like um, Monty Python. It sounded to me like um, what's it called? Malibu's Most Wanted. I'm down. <laughs> that movie made me happy for reasons I can't explain. Once again, you've run my concentration. <laughs> um, so, Allison um, is being watched by Art, who reports back to Angie DeAngelis that all they have are loose ends. Um, also, the play is fucking awful. The play is so bad. I wanted to get video of it, but I don't want to hear it again. It's a musical where they're talking about mops and period blood. They they it's a musical called Blood Ties, which is written by Anika Johnson. It's and, real. 
and Barbara Johnston. Both writers appeal, it, appear in the rehearsal scene. Anika Johnston is the pianist, and Barbara Johnston is one of the cast members. That's a real play? It's based off of a real play. Jesus Christ. I mean, they're probably doing it badly, but yes, it is a real play. Jesus Christ. So, uh, Art goes back out to the car, and Angie is like, well, Art tells Angie, Allison Hendricks is in a musical. And Angie's like, what musical? And Art just looks so disgusted as he says, it ain't Cats. <laughs> Which I liked as a playoff of the first uh, lines in the episode, kind of, where Allison told uh, Felix that she was doing a play, and he was like, oh my God, please not Cats. So it seems like Art's a Cats fan. Art sends it to Arts. Yeah. I just looked it up. Yes, it's real. Blood Ties is a musical by Johnson and Johnston based off a true story. It's a it's about a bachelorette weekend gone horribly wrong. Sheila's uncle kills himself on the eve of her wedding. She and what? her she and three best friends are left with the task of cleaning up the mess left behind. Yeah, that sounds like community theater. Sorry. So, as they're sitting outside saying that they got nothing left but loose ends, Sarah shows up to meet Allison to get the gun, and Art and Angie are like, let's get her, then they arrest her. And Sarah tells Angie that someone took Kira as they all arrive at the diner where Sarah was attacked. And, I mean, Art puts Sarah in the car after they say that they don't have enough uh, evidence to arrest her, but... At the same time, before that happens, she's literally begging Art to believe her. And I'm like, dude, you literally just saw Allison. You know about Helena. Why the fuck don't you believe what she's saying? You know about Beth. Why don't you believe what she's saying? How do you not figure out they're fucking clones? Even if you're not sure if clones are real, right? Like clones, as far as we know, quote unquote, don't exist. Human clones don't exist right now. If I saw six motherfuckers who look exactly the same, I'd be like, yo, they're clones. Let's see what she has to say. <laughs> I'm like, yo, they're clothes. The and one person we have a relationship with. He hasn't even asked if they're sisters. Nothing. Just you're under arrest for obstruction. That's what um, Angie tells her. It's a wild time. So Leaky's practicing his speech for the dyad party when Rachel walks in and Rachel's like, I need your office for a presentation because she's the boss. She's the big boss. It's what it seems like. And then tells Paul, she's like, Paul, do you speak uh, Taiwan, Taiwanese? Or... No, she asks if she speaks Mandarin. Mandarin, thank you. Do you speak Mandarin? He's like, no. And he's like, that's too bad because you're going to Taiwan with me tomorrow. Um, and Paul leaves and Leaky asks if Rachel really took Kira and she's like, you don't need to worry about that. I want to know how this, how this clone was in charge. Maybe she's not the clone. Maybe she's the original. She a clone. But I want to know how she in charge. What she do to get in charge? She must be thorough. Although she let Sarah fuck her up a little bit later. <laughs> Angie walks into the diner while Sarah talks to Art. Uh, and they have evidence of a possible witness, which is Sarah. 
So now they know that she didn't kill the people inside the diner, so they still ain't got nothing. Art wants Sarah to tell him everything, but before she gets a chance to, Angie comes back out and lets Sarah go. She doesn't like the idea, but she lets her go. Also, um, when she's talking to the other detectives or the other folks on the case, one of them says, the chef got shot in the chakras. In the chakras. That's Which what J.B. Smooth was talking about on uh, Grand Theft Auto on the radio station. Really? Yeah, he got a radio station on Grand Theft Auto, and it's J.B. Smooth the whole time just talking shit. It's great. Which Grand Theft Auto? The most recent one. Five. Oh, man. That means I have to go online and get beat up by people I ain't done shit to. <laughs> he also has a great podcast as well. Because I just want to sit in the corner and, you know, enjoy the radio. Sometimes you just want to cruise, but when you're playing online, it's like you're a, everybody's after you. Got me like everybody want to hurt me. So, um. Also, there was a thing about chakras on um, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Hmm. Where he had to he had to unblock his chakras in order to regain his um, spirit form back. Oh yeah, the Avatar state, you know, like the stuff. But at that point, when Angie was really trying to find a reason to hold on to Sarah, I was like, Angie's really going overly hard on this fucking case, like for no reason. Um, at first, I thought it was just good copping, but now I'm like, uh. No, there's a reason. Um. Sarah is considering turning herself over to Rachel so that she can be on the plane with um, with Kira. And Kasima tells her that Delphine, I got a better idea. Delphine got us on the uh, guest list for the dyad party that evening. And she says that she can go in there and demand that they let Kira go. And Sarah lets Kasima know that Rachel doesn't take demands and that's why she needed the gun. And at that very moment, Ramon shows up. And he sees Sarah and Kasima, and he exclaims, whoa. And they both, you know, kind of wave at him. Well, Sarah looks indifferent, and Kasima grins and waves at him. And they call up Allison on video chat, and she apologizes while Felix tells her that she knows some very strange people. Allison apologizes for not bringing the guns in person, but says she has scads of costumes to alter. Um, and she also doesn't want to know anything that's about to happen uh, for plausible deniability. So break a leg, Sarah. And she hangs up. She says that she's going to arrive at Sarah Stubbs, which I guess is the um, theater. But she's going to arrive there at 9 p.m. and she hangs up. And Sarah comes up with an idea, but she says that Allison isn't going to like it. And you're goddamn right. Well, well Sarah, Sarah Stubbs is the fat chick from the theater. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought that it was the name of the theater, like the no, no, no. Theater. Sarah Stubbs is the fat chick that hooked her. I thought it was like Sarah Stubbs, like ticket no, stub. I, when we no, no. You're telling me, scene, and yes, yes, I know what you're talking, talking about. about I, that, when we were talking about that scene, I said I really like Sarah. Yeah, I know. I know her name was Sarah. I just didn't know her last name was Stubbs. I thought that the theater was called that because you know, like ticket stub. No. So okay. Um. 
Paul gets a call from Sarah, but Daniel picks up and takes Sarah's instructions, which is, I'm going to be at Sarah Stubbs at 9 p.m. Meet me there. So fucked up. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping she cleared that with Allison first. But uh, it don't seem like it. Because Allison is carrying out costumes when two suited men attack her or try to attack her. But she gave them some work. Yeah, she when 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 Sarah says that you know uh, Allison is not going to like this is mm-hmm. because she she knew that she was sending them her way and she wasn't going to tell her. Yeah, Sarah's she, an asshole. Right, yes. that's what I'm saying. That was a jerk ass move, but Allison gave them some work and at the same time was blowing the whistle like too short at a rave, or else Terry Crews on white chicks. She was blowing that whistle and ain't nobody come to her defense. Nobody. Nobody. So they threw her in the van and tossed her right the fuck back out. <laughs> Dang, it was like, that ain't her. My bad. Yeah, My it was bad. like um, Mike Epps on next Friday. Blowing the whistle. Yeah. Um. So after... Sarah, um, after that happened with Allison, um, Sarah arrived at the Dyad Institute dressed up like a SEMA, um, and she, you could never, Sarah could never be Kasima because she sees too well, like she's trying to see over the glasses, that's a giveaway, me personally, I couldn't take five steps in my wife's glasses without squinting or without my head hurting They tried to like act that. like Kasima didn't know. That she was doing this. And I'm like, how the fuck she get Kasima glasses? Mm-hmm. Also. Why, why exactly do all of them have wigs to match the others? <laughs> you know? Because, like, Kasima has dreadlocks. Like, also, it. I was wondering, because it really did make it seem like any white person could just do their hair in, like, five minutes. Right. Also, also, um, people with glasses shouldn't have to pay for glasses. It's not their fault that they're legally blind. P.O.P. Hold it down. Kasima probably has the best looking white person dreadlocks I've ever seen. It's a backhanded compliment, but it's true. Yeah, they, they look so clean. Yeah, surprisingly yeah, clean for somebody who smokes weed and goes to college. Most white people dreadlocks look, <laughs> look fucking horrible. Yeah, they look like they roll in the dirt and listen to fish a lot. And they smell because they have to use egg whites. They can't use they can't use beeswax like we do. Mm-mm. They use like egg that. whites. Yes, I've heard. I've no, heard they, that. Get out of here! What? They're, they're not like normal people. <laughs> they're they're not like normies. Well, you know, egg whites is organic. That's what they talked about in the uh, in the cafe in the uh, diner too. Are your eggs free range? Are they organic? And he was like, my eggs are my eggs. And he was like, then you aren't doing it right. And then he gets shot. But she does do a great Kasima accent. Why does that diner owner in fucking Toronto, Canada, have a fucking shotgun? Why not? Because, well, what we what we saw in Bowling for Columbine um uh, Canadians have just as many guns as 
Americans do. They just don't use them in the ways that Americans do. And they just yeah, they use them. They use them to shoot holes in trees to get the syrup out faster. And hunt elk and shit. You mean so, they use guns how they're supposed to be used? Exactly. So Casima uh, or Sarah is walking through us Casima when Delphine walks up on her and kisses her, and Sarah's like, mm, "Okay." And then Leaky walks up to Casima, and Sarah tells him that she'll work for him on a few conditions, and then hugs him. And while she's hugging him, she steals his uh, his key card, which you know I, I I knew she was a pickpocket. We knew she was a piece of trash, but damn, that was really artful. I I love these scenes. I love the clone acting like another clone scenes. Yeah, I fucking true. love that shit because it it takes. I mean, how good of an actress. She is. It is like you have to pretend to be someone you're already pretending to be, but you have to pretend to be another one of the other people that you pretend to be at the time you're pretending to be that. So you have to have enough of both in the acting in order to pull this off correctly. I think that's fucking fantastic. Yes, it is. So, uh, while Leaky is doing his speech, um, where he says, Dyad is worldwide, they have 27,000 people in 134 countries, including Vatican City. I'm sorry, he doesn't say people. He says 27,000 souls. I'm going to start saying souls instead of people. That's gender neutral as fuck. What up, souls? How y'all doing? I'm Derek. Like people's gender neutral too. Yeah, but so are souls. <laughs> you can say people all you want. I feel like souls is something you say after you smoke weed. Like, sup, my souls. This Derek. Have you ever ate an ass from the back? It's shitty. I'm kidding. If they uh, clean up and everything, it's all in the act of making love, and there's nothing wrong with that. No judgments. Just make sure that y'all shower first before you dive in. Things still can get a bit, real it's, bad real it's, quick. It's still a bit nutty. <laughs> yeah, that joke was corny as fuck. <laughs> very, very, very. It's, it's, no, it's kind of earthy. It's kind of <laughs> earthy back then. <sighs> Gosh. So, then, while this is happening, Sarah goes upstairs, and and she sees Paul talking to Rachel, and Rachel usher, or tells everybody to get out, and Paul ushers them all out, and Sarah confronts Rachel, and Rachel reveals that she actually doesn't have Kira, and that she just wanted Sarah, so Sarah attacks Rachel, whispering that she doesn't own them. And Rachel told Sarah, nobody lays hands on me. Which, A, she just did. And B, reminded me of this scene. Welcome, Megatron.
Orson Welles. Shout out. He did that like the same week he passed away. Yep. No one summons Megatron. Then it pleases me to be the first. No one lays hands on me. Then it pleases me to be the first. <laughs> Put these paws on you, dog. <laughs> you have to catch these paws. <sighs> but just as uh, she was about to really beat the fuck out of her, Paul walks back in, and Sarah knocks out Rachel and then hits Paul. Um, they're pointing guns at each other. She hits him, and then he's like, I'll let you go. I'll make up a story why you got away. And I'm like, what side is Paul on? Like, for Paul real. Paul was real. like, in the face. Paul is like, on really? Sarah's side, but also not dying side. Yes. <laughs> yep. I think that sounds about right. He saw what happened to Kevin. Um, Kevin. Sarah arrives at Art's apartment and he lets her in and they talk about who took Kira and Art tells her that it was Helena's people, the Prolethians. And then he asks her to tell him everything and she reluctantly does so. And it's like Paul knows or Art knows about all the religious extremists um, and that Maggie was an extremist. Like he knows everything. How when did you find all this shit out, my nigga? And if you knew all of it, why have you been trying to arrest this person? Why have you been trying to arrest this soul? So the next thing we see is that Helena ain't dead. They didn't double tap her. She's stomping through the uh, hospital in her combat boots. And she's tough as fuck. She comes into the hospital and immediately snitches on Sarah. She's like, my sister shot me and just drops and doctors crowd all around her and it's like get her an emergency thing and then the guy from the diner shows up and we see that he has the same fish on his belt that Helena had on her knife because he's part of the Prolethean clique um, and then we see someone brushing Kira's hair like in a dark ass room and sitting her on a bed and then taking a picture of her as the episode ends which was yeah, that was weird. And so that's episode one. Yeah, this is about to get really real. Really real, really fast. Yep. Brandon, got anything coming up? Mm-mm. Scar, you got anything coming up? Nope. Y'all can uh, leave a voicemail at 916-633-1537. The email address is return to Oswald at gmail.com. Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brent is on Twitter at that cool black nerd. That's BLK. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rashani. And the show is RTO Podcasts. Um, you can leave a review on Spotify. It takes a few seconds. Uh, you can also leave a review on Podchaser. Copy and paste that into Good Pods. And copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts. Thank you for each. Uh, you can leave a donation for the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or you can leave a tip on the good pods app uh 
Thank y'all so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. The theme music for another one was made by Makai Beats, and it's called Heaven. You can contact him on Makai.com, which is M-A-K-A-I-H.com, or you can find his beat on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name,